Well, greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 143. Oh, we made it. All the way, every single time. So, for those of you who We're are... coming t- in on that 150. I'm liking it. You I'm feeling, feeling good. I'm feeling, feeling good. Okay. I feel the anticipation building among our super fans. Now that you bring it up... Are we required to celebrate the 150? I don't know. We decided on the family movie night we podcast are. to celebrate 50. So ah. we we uh, we we celebrate. Uh, those want us. Well, they want us to celebrate 75 as well. So we got a lot Who of people. They? The people on the podcast. Oh, okay. The pe- yeah. There is no other thing. There is no, I, yeah. I have, just like this podcast, I have no idea who is listening to it. We know there are downloads, and beyond yep. that, I don't know who it is. So I now know three people that I could name. Oh, well, there you go. I do know of, I should say, I know of a couple of people. I know a couple of people listen to this, and I know of one or two that listen to the other, but. What he won't tell you is, is there's probably only three people Ed knows their name. Oh, that's also true. That's also that's true. Okay. No, right. many people I know their name, I don't think they know we do a podcast. That's true. That's true. That's true. We like it that way. Yeah, I don't know if I like it that way. You know what I do like about this, and nobody will notice this but me, but the chairs are more even. Well, you know, I, did, I was going to say something about I feel lower. Yeah. I have all we got Jason off that throne he used to sit that's on. That's right. He's, he's and uh, we got feel, three. That sounded a little too satisfied <laughs> that you have dethroned me. Of, yeah. of well, I just, I always, I, wa- I watched a podcast recently and mm-hmm. I noticed. You I'm, watched our podcast? I'm like, I'm like this and I'm like, yeah. my goodness, can we get me a chair that I don't have to lay in? That's the first time I've known Ed to care about what he looks like. That's well, true. I didn't say, yeah, that's true. That is true. You really you care, did. don't you? you? Somebody said something to me about it. Oh. oh. And well, then I had to go look at well, it. Well, you know us. We're, we're trying to please I, everybody. That has been my life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to please everybody. I will. Which is uh, why, segue, we answer questions. We answer. Uh, thanks for that, Nathan. There you go. I didn't get to the intro. My name's Jason. This He's not just Nathan. good at it. He's a professional. This That's is right. Ed. Yes. And we are answering questions. We're part of the teaching team at Community Christian Church, which is what... You stumbled upon if you are not a normal listener. But uh, we're answering questions, trying to help people uh, understand the Bible, think like Jesus, be like Jesus in their world, whatever you guys ask. And today uh, we have a pretty thoughtful question, I think. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's really... We get really... a lot of stinkers. This one's <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, this we do. not one of those. And, not uh, a stinker. And I have to say this, too. I was thinking uh, I'm going to have to... I'm going to put out a, a pre-apology uh, oh. to the audience because... Oh. I'm going to have a hard time uh, concentrating today because Ed has brought uh, the baseball game into the studio, and he's got it sitting just off camera. This is, this is the first game I this was is, told. We are filming I'm not a this. baseball fan. We're filming this during the first playoff game for the Braves. This is game one of the NLDS. And this is, okay, there we go. Very yeah. yeah so first round of the playoffs. Just so everyone knows, currently right now, the Braves are getting killed. They're, well, I wouldn't say killed. It's 4-1 in the third inning. That's true. But you see, Dansby's on. Nobody out. No, that's not Dansby. You know no, that's not Dansby. That's, that's Ronald. Uh, Ronald. Has Dansby's up to the I'm back. doing a podcast that is a play-by-play of three-week-old games <laughs> that oh, the right. other people can't watch. Yeah. There we go. So I apologize to the audience. That's called radio. If I, <laughs> that's called the radio broadcast. If, if three I, weeks late? <laughs> if, if I seem distracted, it's Ed's fault. And it's baseball. You might not know this, Nathan, but in the early days of baseball. Oh, here we go. This uh, is not what anyone was interested <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> no, no, way before my day. Like Ronald Reagan was famous for this. This is how he got started. They would broadcast baseball games on radio by getting teletype from the place. Wow. And so it would be, and all they would get is on a 3-2 county single, 
So they'd sit there and they would make up crap for a while until they got the next one. Wow. I think I would prefer that. All right. Which is where the stuff of Chip, uh, Skip Carey, Chip Carey, one of those Careys, of saying a fan from Dubuque just caught that because the guy sitting in a studio, he can't see nothing, so he's got to make up something until the next thing uh -huh. comes through. There you go. I'm so glad That's you told skill. us that, Ed. Okay. Cut all that out. All right. Now, I told you we'd be distracted. Here's the question for today. Okay. Anonymous questioner says, I have come to learn that love is a choice more than a feeling. Good. Yes. Good learning. Uh, but here's the rest of the question. I'd be lying if I said that love isn't a challenge for me, though. I sometimes do loving things, even if my heart doesn't feel it and my mind is not focused lovingly. Does it count to try and go through the motions, or is it an all-or-nothing situation? Because I know I'm doing the loving thing, but it's not always what I want to do. Is there a fake-it-till-you-make-it kind of truth to learning how to love like Jesus? Well, I think that there's a lot in that question that needs to yep. sort of be talked about in different segments. Mm. Okay. So I want to start on uh, saying you're right. Love's not a feeling. Uh -huh. Yep. It's a choice. Yep. And to back that up, if you haven't listened in the most recent message in the Ephesians, in our most recent, at the point we're taping this, Nathan just made a statement in his. I thought it was a great statement. I never put it in these terms. I don't know if it's original to him or where. It doesn't matter. Where he said, "It is most likely not original to me." I don't know what the <laughs> well, statement is. It is most doesn't likely matter. That's not original. true for all of us. That's yeah. right. It is. I I was at a seminar the other day with a guy named Crawford Ritz, who's a great mm -hmm. preacher. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, and when I met him, because there's only a few of us in the room, I said, "I have quoted you and plagiarized you." <laughs> said sometimes I give you credit. Most of the time I don't. Yeah. And okay. uh, anyway, uh, the statement was, "I know you've loved people, but." It felt natural for you to love them. Mm -hmm. But have you ever tried to yeah. love someone? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, trying to love someone is what Jesus calls us to do. Mm -hmm. but, um, I can't think of the commands where he's commanding me. Now, love your babies. Right. You know, when y'all right. have babies, mm -hmm. you should love them. Don't, don't hate them. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, love your neighbor. Well, mm -hmm. there's some neighbors, they're a little challenged. Mm -hmm. You got to try. Yeah. So yeah. love is not a, it's not a feeling. It's a choice. That's a real basic kind of thing that I want to cement in. And then I feel like the questioner, after saying that, sort of shifts back on, I know this is the truth, but let me tell you why it doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. Or, or at least is, is, is something I'm struggling to do. Yeah. And therefore, does that mean well, and I think my it's belief the, is it's wrong? It's the right. trying part of it that's the, that's the, trying the, the effort. And I think so. Yeah, that statement—it's—it's it's probably the way I, I butchered it. Is probably uh, is is me. But the I think it's Frederick Beekner is the first person I heard say that that love is a gift of grace. And then he asked, "Have you ever tried to love someone?" And um, I think that's true because I would even take it far. So I think love is a choice, but love primarily is a person. Uh, love is God. God. Jesus is love, and that our ability to love is a reflection or a gift from the person of love. And so sometimes, just like all gifts of grace, when it is a gift of grace that God has hardwired into human beings that when you have a, a child, there is something within your psychology, within your biology, 
that make that allows you to love that child. It is a gift of grace. And un unfortunately, there are people who, for whatever reason, don't experience that when they do. And that's how you know, well, this is a gift of grace. It is not a law of psychology. It's not a law of anything. It is a gift that God has wired into us that we would do this. Therefore, I also believe my ability to love people who I do not naturally love is also a gift of grace, and it comes from me, and this is where we get to what our mission statement is, it is discipleship to Jesus is the solution to the problem. And discipleship for us, and I was just having this conversation in one of our discipleship meetings where we say it's a two-handed approach. It's being with Jesus, behaving like Jesus, and eventually I become like Jesus. So if love is a person, the invitation of Jesus is that I could become love like God is love, that I could become like Jesus. But the way I do that is I be with Jesus and I behave like Jesus. So a lot of it may be just doing the behaviors of love. Mm -hmm. I forgive you. I'm generous to you. I serve you. I honor, you know, all those one another commands. That's the behaving, which may be a, a did they use, I think they did use the phrase fake it till you make it. Yeah. That may be fake it till you make it. But then something also happens when I pray and I ask God to help me love someone. And I, I pray and I ask God to help me forgive someone. And I spend time with Jesus and I know his love for me more. And that allows me to forgive someone who's hard to forgive. It's the, it's the two-handed approach that when I'm with Jesus and I know him better, he is love, and I behave like a person who is loving, eventually it does become a part of who I am. And I think one of the two of those parts is the failure of most of us. Mm -hmm. I'm either fully, I am trying, and I believe if you're saying you're trying, yeah. you've said, I forgive you. And you say, I'm not going to think about the thing they did that hurt me anymore. But then it keeps coming up. And so you've done that part and you haven't done that. Let me pray and let me spend time with God. And every time I feel that thing of for, um, unforgiveness. the unforgiveness, yes, thank you. I'm going to ask God to help him remind me of his forgiveness, you know, of some way of doing that. Well, don't you also, go ahead, Jason. No, I was just going to say, I, I think one of the things I thought of when I read the question was, I think oftentimes we're all guilty of, of thinking that if, if I am doing loving things without having that loving feeling, as, right. as right. the song right. says, right. then somehow it is, uh, less than and what mm -hmm. I what I want to point out is if if you're truly doing the loving thing mm -hmm. towards another person that action because love is that action that we do love is not something I just sit back and say well okay I love them and that's it it, it means I do loving things toward them I will their good mm -hmm. I want what's best for them and therefore I I do those things like you just mentioned Nathan I forgive them I, I seek their good I, I'm generous to them uh, pray for them all those things in the eyes of the person being loved, what does it matter in that case? Because they don't know. They don't know what I, I what I feel. They don't know. So I think, if love by its nature is like like I just said, it's willing the good of another person, even at the cost of my own mm -hmm. self. Um, I I I don't think there is anything lost in in me struggling to conjure up that feeling. Well, and if, if we go back to that we've all agreed, including the questioner, 
that love is an action, not a feeling, mm -hmm. then my measurement of did I love a person yeah. cannot be the feeling. Mm -hmm. Like what if what if it comes what if it comes to, what if we find out in eternity that God I'm this is I'm not saying this is true, but what if we find out in eternity that God's uh, disposition toward us uh, he didn't feel love toward us but yet did all of the things that God has done, which is love towards us. Right. Will we look back at that and go, oh. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Right. Now, I'm not saying that's God because, as right. you pointed right. out, God is love. He can't do no other. But, from but that, even in that, if the definition of love is, so like I get most parents when your baby is born, the vast majority of the moment you see them, mm -hmm. you have a feeling attached to that. You sure. love them. But two months in, after every <laughs> night right. of not sleeping, that's right. You still get up and change their diapers if you're a good, loving parent, yeah, that's yes. right. even though you hate the moment. That's right. Mm -hmm. You hate it. Mm -hmm. Your action of love is the same. The same is true when they get to be fifteen, and every time you speak to them, they roll your, their eyes. Mm -hmm. You still love that kid and do what's best for them, though your feelings at the moment are anger. Yeah, I think I think you have to remove the the emotion from it. I think the, um, you know, when I used to to talk to students about it, because saying will the good means nothing to them. It probably means nothing to to most of us because we don't ever use that to will something. Mm -hmm. And so when I tell them, so what, to will is something is to want it and to work for it. That yeah. you have to have both parts of those things going, mm -hmm. and that you're probably not going to want it for a long time. And so you just have to work for it until you want it. Um, because uh, the want is a desire, uh, and that you know that's the way I know Dallas Wheeler talks about it. Is your heart is your wanter? That's your your ability to desire. You can't choose ultimately what you desire. What you choose is what you're going to do, right. and what you're going to think, and eventually that creates a desire. It's the example I've used before of if I only tell my wife I love her when I'm feeling it emotionally, I will eventually stop feeling it. But if I choose to tell myself, I'm going to tell her I love her every time I leave the house and every time I leave her, even on days I don't feel it, she then says, I love you back. And on days where I'm really weak and I say, I love you, and she says it and it reemphasizes, the action reemphasizes the desire and the desire then leads me to want to do the action. Now, desire is different than emotion. And I think that's important. Your des you can want something, because the example you gave, which I think is good, your desire, even not at three in the morning, your desire is to take care of your child. Your feeling is not. Your desire is always to take care of you because you have committed yourself to the desire of this child, which is why you do things for people you love naturally. You find your body, the baby starts crying and your feet are hitting the floor before you can even make a decision. That's right. You, the desire exists. But there are people in my life that I do not desire good for them. I want to desire good. They have wronged me, and I don't naturally desire that good things are... What I desire is that they'll turn around and realize they've messed up and they need to come apologize to me. Right. But what I choose, because in my willing, I can't get the want part right now, but I can do, as you've said, the work for the part. Work. I can do the work, and what I've learned is if I do the work of 
remove every time the thought comes into my head that goes, they need to tell me I'm sorry. Or I have that thing where I'm driving somewhere. And this only happens to me in the car. I don't know why. But I'm driving in the car and I start imagining the things I could say to convince them how wrong they are. And they'll apologize to me and come back around. And I tell myself, no, no, mm -mm, no, no. You can't even have that conversation. That's work. Oh, yeah. But eventually it produces the desire. The emotion doesn't change. Because every time I still see the people who have wronged me in this way, I get anxious. Well, I get those, you know, those things in my, you know, the, you know, the the response to the triggers or however we've said it. Those things still happen in my feelings, but my desire because I keep doing the work is changing to I want it to happen. I do want it to happen. I just don't want it every moment. But isn't that where prayer comes in? I mean, right. That's when I begin to pray. God right. change my wants. Right. Because like you said earlier, it's a gift, and I need to. I need to. Pray for it and then receive it, wait on it when it comes. Yes. And I'm also just praying. I'm praying for the strength of the Holy Spirit to work through me to do what I might not want to do. But that I, as a follower of Christ, am committed to do even if I don't want to do it. Right. I want to do what Jesus asked me to do. Mm -hmm. This act is just distasteful to me. Yes. And I think in that moment, then, the choice of love is to put the choice, you know. Um, well, this is, I think the choice of love in that moment, so, and it's just a part, I was sitting here thinking of what a privilege it is to live in a country where we have so much freedom that pretty much when somebody does me wrong, I can be done with them if I want to. Right. But if I lived in a society where I was the underclass, which is who right. Jesus is talking to. Right. When Jesus is saying, love your enemies. Yeah. They don't get a choice to not right. have Roman soldiers just come up on them and demand things for them. Mm-hmm. And that's what he means by turn the other cheek, go the yep. second mile. Those are the examples we give. It's a privilege I get that I can just go, hey, man, I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, they were going to have to do something anyway. What he's giving them is protection for them. Yep. So in that moment, it's not even about love for the person. I mean, that's almost a privileged thing of, I want to get where I love you. I'm loving God by doing what he asked me to do. It's love God, love people. I am choosing. I said I follow Jesus, and it's not unclear to me what he would do. It's just not unclear to me that in a situation where he was treated wrongly, he would pray for people. He He would bless the people. He would do what he could when he was treated wrongly, and that's because he was love. In a body. Well, and I think in that point then, what you're making, what you think is a huge point, that idea that I know in our cultural context, we've had to make the big point of, you know, Jesus says the two commands are love God, love people. And the the emphasis we have had to make is, therefore, you can't love God if you don't love people. Because we've had to really kind of flip it to, hey, it's not just you and God, you got to love people. The reverse of it is true, though, too. I can't love all people if I don't love God. And I know right. that feels wrong because some of us go, some of the most loving people I know, they don't love God. But they don't love all people. And I know that's an exclusive statement. I don't, because here's what I know. The most loving people I know struggle to love everyone people who have wronged them. And that is a gift of grace. And what you're talking about is when I choose my commitment is I will love God. Yes, that means I love other people. But sometimes it means I do things that that put me into the flow. And that's what I'm saying. The choice of love is if love is a person, my only choice 
is to step into the flow of his love so I become a conduit of his love to everyone else. And that those kind of things, and, you know, um, Dallas Willard used to always say, grace, this thing, it is not opposed, it is opposed to earning it. You can't earn it, but it is not opposed to effort. And he would refer to spiritual disciplines, these actions, as methods of getting into the flow of God's grace. And that love is not something I conjure up from within me. It is me choosing to go, I will step into the flow of God's grace. So I forgive, even though it may not make sense in this moment. I'm generous, even when it don't make sense. I'm humble, and I honor other people. Because when I do, that somehow puts me in alignment with the love that is God. And I... At that point, it's not even effort. The effort is to get in line, but the love is not effort. The love just flows through me. Yeah. So I, w- I would say to this person, back to their original statement in their question, I think they their main question said, is it a fake it till you make it deal with love? I would say it's a it's a trust God yes. thing. Yes. That's what love really is. Yes. It's do I trust God enough to simply do what he says, whether I feel it or not, whether yeah. it advantages me or not, and then leave the feelings or the consequences or whatever comes after that yeah. to him. And again, as an act of trust and obedience. And um, that, that really is at the heart of it what love is. And That's it may right. very well come down, you know, the part of Ephesians we're about to go into where it's the second half of this is who you are is the mm-hmm. first three chapters and this is how you live it out. Mm-hmm. The first major part is about there are thoughts going on in the world that come yeah. from our flesh and from the world and from the evil one. And I genuinely believe that the thought we have that I have to feel something to be yes. authentic is an evil thought. Mm. That if if I don't feel it while I'm doing it, I am being, being inauthentic. Well, that, that just can't possibly be true because I can't. I'm never going to feel like loving a person who's hitting me in the face. Mm-hmm. Right. My body reacts to that in a certain way. Yeah. But I can discipline myself to react lovingly to them. I just probably won't feel it while I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to get over that's a thought I'm gonna that's a part of my mind being renewed. So it's not yeah. I may have to give up on the thing of I know it's a popular phrase. I've said it. I'm gonna fake it till I make it. I don't. I'm not accusing you. That's that's our popular vernacular to say things about me doing something I don't feel. Yeah. But so much of what we are called to do is to not do what you feel. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, because life in the end is not about your experience of it. Right. Life is bigger than your experience, and I think that's the hard part for us. What if I ended up in a life where I was married to someone that was hard for me to forgive and to love? What if I ended up in a life where the people who were closest to me were people I had to work to love? Wouldn't that be such a terrible experience of a life? Therefore, it would just be easier if I just kind of abandoned those relations, the thing you were talking about. I have the choice. I can just abandon these relationships, go find some people who make me feel good about myself. And that is kind of, I mean, if you listen to the comment, you don't need that energy in your life. You don't need that negativity in your life. You don't need these people in your life. And the idea behind it is... Life is about your experience of the life. But that's the invitation of Jesus is life is about Christ and his kingdom and about me getting in line with that. And sometimes that feels like a cross. And it doesn't, my experience may not be the most enjoyable, but it's life in the kingdom. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, 
we're about out of time for this episode. So I, anything else you want to say? You, you, you I have other it. thoughts, but I think they're all in line with what we've said. I, just, I don't want to okay. keep on dieseling on on it. So. All right. All right. So uh, what is next week? Let me do the teaser. I okay. forgot what the teaser te- is them up. for next week. We are going to talk about... Ah, Nathan did a message on racism a few weeks back. Uh, Someone has a question about your message. So we will talk about that next week. Aren't you excited? I'm very, I'm, I, I can see it. I am face. titillated. Oh, oh, oh wow. That's a word. That is a word. Okay, so come back and Nathan will be titillated. Always. See you next oh, week. Gosh.